Hi, my name is James, and today we're going to work on a new exercise called Building Our Compassion Itself. Now, this exercise takes a little bit of time and incorporates a number of the skills and exercises we have been developing. So, it is important to remind ourselves of the definition of compassion. So, that is, having a sensitivity to suffering in self and others with a commitment to try and relieve and prevent that suffering. So, there are two key parts to compassion. Firstly, the courage to engage in suffering. And then secondly, having the dedication to try and find out how best to relieve that and prevent that suffering. So courage and dedication are at the heart of compassion. And there are three qualities that help with these two processes of compassion. First, compassion has a wisdom about it. Intention to be helpful is not enough. If I see somebody fall into a river and jump in to save them, that is good intention but rather foolish if I can't swim. So intention must be backed up with the preparedness to find out what is helpful. And that is where wisdom comes into play. In compassion-focused therapy, wisdom also has another quality to it. And that is the wisdom that we just all happen to find ourselves here, part of the flow of life, with our tricky brains. None of us chose to be here. We didn't choose the genes we inherited from our parents, we didn't design the brains that we have that gives rise to all kinds of emotions from our threat system, like anger and anxiety, and that can also bring great sadness. Nor did we choose the environments we grew up in that shaped us for good and perhaps the not so good. So therefore, so much has happened that is not our fault, but it is our responsibility to try as best we can to cultivate the help within us, and that is what compassion does. So compassionate wisdom is this understanding we have all just arrived here with a difficult brain and life circumstances that gives rise to suffering, and that is not our fault. We didn't choose it, and we may not want it. The question is, how might we deal with it? The second key quality is strength or authority, and that comes partly from wisdom of understanding the nature of life and the flow of life, and we just all find ourselves here trying to do our very best. And it is also from our posture and our breathing and our grounding exercises. These all contribute to our strength and authority and stability. We become stable as a mountain. So compassion is wise and it has a sense of strength, authority and determination. It is not weak. The third quality is commitment. Because of our wisdom and also our courage to engage with and see into the suffering of the flow of life and recognise how all of us are caught up in this cycle of life. We have a commitment to be as helpful, supportive and to be as kind as we can whenever we encounter suffering, whether it be in ourselves or in others. So we can begin then in creating a sense of ourselves around these qualities. We can start by thinking about individuals who we see as compassionate and looking at their qualities. We can then look at the three major qualities of wisdom, strength and commitment. So the next task is to then practice these. Now we can do this like an actor. So once an actor knows what types of qualities he or she is going to take on, they can then practice them. So if the actor is going to play the role of an anxious person, the actor can then practice imagining what an anxious person looks like, what the sound of their voice might be, and what the person thinks. 
And this is the same for an angry person, a sad person, or a happy person. So the actor will imagine and try to enact these qualities. That doesn't mean that they are angry, anxious, or happy, but they know how to enact these qualities and create them in themselves. And this is what we can do when we begin to build the compassion itself. We know that it can be so easy to get disappointed in ourselves and frustrated when we make mistakes or if we fail at something. We can really become very critical. Nobody teaches that. We don't practice that. It just happens so quickly, automatically. But what we can practice is bringing our compassion itself to these situations and recognize when we do, when we bring our wisdom, when we bring our strength, and when we bring our commitment to these situations, although they might not make them go away, they become much more easily to handle. So we're going to now try actively to cultivate these qualities within us. So let us begin the exercise. So first, get comfortable, and you can do this either sitting or standing. It is up to you. And remember always to respect the process. So remembering our posture. So shoulders back, spine straight, open-chested. And remember our friendly facial expression and friendly inner voice tone as we do the exercise. And you may like to close your eyes if you feel comfortable doing this. That is what I'll be doing. And now just bringing our attention to our breathing. Connecting with our soothing rhythm breathing. So breathing in. Two. Three. Four. Out. Two. Three. Four. In. Two. Three. Four, out, two, three, four. Really starting to notice notice the sensation of mind slowing down and body slowing down, becoming more grounded and stable in the body. And now imagine, like an actor, what it would be like to be at our compassionate best. Imagine what it would look like if you were walking around the room as your compassionate best, how would you look? What would your posture be? How would you see the world? Really get a sense of what this feels like, looking through the eyes of the compassionate self. Sometimes it can be helpful to contrast this with the angry self or the anxious self. So if you were the anxious self, angry self, how would you look? How would you feel? we can then really notice the difference between the anxious and angry self and the compassionate self. And we can start to notice that we can really cultivate the compassionate self. It just takes practice. So to take this a step further, I'd like you to imagine you're watching a video of yourself. You see yourself getting up in the morning, now holding your position of kindness and compassion, watch yourself moving around your room and slowly getting on with your day. Try to notice how the person that you're watching, that is yourself, is troubled by self-critical feelings or thoughts, maybe shame or fear, and even troubles in relationships past or present. Try to just be in touch with the person you are watching. Try to notice the struggle and the suffering, but maintain your position of inner calmness and wisdom. In other words, looking out through the eyes of your compassionate self with the intention of being kind and helpful. If you find that your mind wanders off the compassion itself, just return to your soothing rhythm breathing, sitting up in a confident posture that displays compassion, and then return to the imagery.
Okay. And now returning back to our breath. Noticing the rise and fall of our belly. And noticing the contact our body makes with the chair. Getting a greater sense of the room and space around us. And if you like, you can gently open your eyes. Now it's important to recognize that this compassion itself is one aspect or one pattern within us. And sometimes this pattern gets washed out by all these other parts of us that want to run the show. Things like anger or the anxious self or the depressed self. These are patterns that that are created within us, in our bodies and in our brains. So sometimes it is really helpful to deliberately, on purpose, make the choice to create the compassionate pattern as the antidote to these other patterns within us. These ones that come from our threat system so easily. The compassion itself allows us to pause, recognize that these other patterns are within us and that they can be triggered at any time. Our compassion itself has the wisdom and it informs us that these different selves, like angry self or anxious self, are coming from our brain that we did not design, that they are coming from our threat system, which is aiming to protect us, but perhaps not in skillful ways. Our compassion itself can see this. It can recognize this. So by slowing down, connecting with the breath, and grounding the body, this can help us to reconnect with the compassionate qualities of strength, wisdom, and commitment. It is important when we slow down and connect with our compassionate self and listen to what our ideal compassionate self has to say that we ask ourselves this question. As you hear your compassionate self image say these things to you, what actually happens for you in your body? How do you feel in your body? This can be very helpful at getting to better understand the compassion itself we are creating. We want to slowly build the compassion itself. So at first, our compassion itself might sound like it is just giving you cold advice, such as, you shouldn't worry about that, or come on, it isn't that big of a deal, you can get on with it. When we listen to that, do you really feel supported? Do you want to go back to that person, that voice, and tell them how you are really feeling again? Do you notice any shift in your body as you hear it? I notice I become more tense in my shoulders and gut. And I also notice that I don't want to tell them my other worries and concerns. So it is important to note that our compassion itself is something we cultivate over time, with practice. It is a self that is understanding, never judging or criticizing, but an internal system that we can go to when we have difficulties or suffering. It's our own internal secure base to help process and understand what is going on underneath the hurt or pain. The more you cultivate and become familiar with it, even if it feels strange and uncomfortable to begin with, the more you can draw upon it and use it when you need it.